Hello, everyone. For all the entrepreneurs, would you like to thrive every day? My goodness, we have a wonderful meeting today with Dory, and、um, my goodness, it's a great insight because I tell you, I thought it was only me who's trying to achieve so much on the social media. And some days, like you spend hours, you know, doing that. Uh, Instagram,、um, wonderful YouTube, Facebook, is Twitter, Discord. My goodness, if you let it, you're gonna spend eight hours, you know, doing that every day. And who have the time? You know, we are entrepreneurs, and you be doing this every day. My goodness,、um, you don't have time for anything else besides, you know. You have to cook your dinner because nowadays not every restaurant is open. So take care of the children, and I wondered somehow how the people who does that,、um, or the person who does that, what the heck they do.、Um, you know, on the weekends, sometimes I spend a couple hours. You know, every day because trying to put in a new business plan, starting a new business for my daughter, and besides, run my own, and going to school. So it is not easy. So this、um, social entrepreneur, you know, we're trying to help as many people as we can, giving the wonderful insights for our knowledge. But my goodness,、um, everything has to have a limit. I don't know how in the U.S. is expected so much. Oh, you have to have more than a hundred thousand followers or four hundred thousand followers for anybody to listen what you have to say. It is insane. I have one friend of mine that is a hairdresser. She have thirty five thousand followers. It's great. Even Miss Universe, you know, follow her. You know, is her client, and she does a fantastic job. Bia is fantastic, and does makeup and everything else. And she knows a lot of people. But imagine you're a hairdresser. You see a lot of people. On my side, I'm a writer. I'm a teacher. I have the teaching. You know, job to do, and、um, every day, morning and evenings, so that piles up. So I try to at least accomplish my job and do the best that I can because I love to teach. You know, and I teach ADD kids and、um, kids with a lot of learning disability, and the ones that is normal, they. Have all the capacity in the world to do、um, the ADD and the H, excuse me, the ADHD is very challenging because they keep losing the focus, and you have to remind them every day of what they need to do. It's okay. My daughter. Has that issue, but she's very accomplished. But sometimes she lose track. So I keep her accountable, and she accomplish a lot. She have her own podcast. You know, she is 
a wonderful dancer since two and a half. She is a ballerina, then she learned the piano, and she learned the cello, and learned the guitar, and she's a fantastic singer. And um, all of this with ADHD and ADD. So, my goodness, um, both of them. And she accomplished a lot, but not everybody is the same. And I had uh, a student that uh, he had a car accident. And I work in a hospital with kids that are so young and have car accidents as well. The person is accomplished, but had the one small issue that he can concentrate on the things we teach. And I was teaching in the morning, afternoon, and evening. Then my team started teaching him when I got sick. And it was four weeks. And they said, oh, my God, you know, you ask him something, uh, the next day he forget. So it's a real challenge. And I feel sorry for those kids. Um, I found kids because, you know, they're young adults, but they had car accidents and they're almost in the same route. They're older adults who have Alzheimer's. They need a lot of exercise with the mind in order to remember. And this is funny because a friend of mine, they're very young and um, engineers doing a great job for the job. But if you ask this person the following day, oh, do you remember that lady there joined us for dinner? And they said, no. Uh, who was it? Where? <laughs> oh, my God. It is young people, and they forget easy, too. So we are the baby boomers, and uh, I think we remember more than they do sometimes. And I write it down things, so make sure that I keep on track because it's a lot. You know, I learn so much every day, you know, because not only I teach, I learn from other people. And the University of Life and my mentors, my mentors since last year are fantastic. You know, I have a, a few people from a foundation that they bring top-notch businesswoman, and they talk about businessmen too, and this fantastic Jordan, who is a wonderful podcaster, and he has so much perseverance, just like I do. He's persistent, resilient. He's doing podcasts since 2007. 2007? Nobody ever heard about much of a podcast, unless you're really inside a journalist or, you know, a sound engineer. This is recently. So I admire people like that, that he never lost track. Without my creations of courses and taking care of clients, I end up taking a little break from here, but I'm going to get in a habit of coming back, you know, every day or every week at least, because that was my mission. And when I signed up to publish this particular person, 
who I thought was a great guru, he was a fake guru. And that took a lot out of me and was interesting because uh, he preached so much about being nice and have a good energy, keep focus and all that. And in reality, he's not good to women, which is bad, really bad. And, um, you know, men's, you really need to be nice to the ladies. You know, the more of a gentleman you are, you know, the more accomplished you're going to accomplish with the ladies. And this is his major problem. He's always now a woman. And when I first started publishing his book, oh, my goodness, you know, raise a red flag. But the majority was pretty cool. And then when I could not help him and I said, listen, you have to talk to my team because I have severe burns, and then I got a bad cold. I was burned out because I was working too much. He started talking bad about me to my team. And when he stopped talking to his team, my team, excuse me, my team that was helping him, um, he put one person against each other. And I forwarded the email that he sent it was not very nice at all. It was really disgusting. You know, people should help each other. They preach so much every day about that, but in real life, they're not nice. And this person was a major spoiled brat. I mean, major. My goodness, the, I felt bad for the father who spent $10,000 a month for this kid to learn overseas, you know, his career. And he was blowing up in drugs, women, and treating people like dirt. And I should have knew better. But I did not know. I thought, you know, okay, so he really um, learned from all that. He got better. No, he's still with the Miami crowd, you know. You know, I love Miami. I have you know, cousins who live there. But I do not like to live there. It's just a crazy city. Um, way too much craziness over there. Big city. I live in a big city. Now I live in the west coast of Florida in a small town, which is beautiful and magical. The people here care for each other. You know, you know over there, they care for each other too, but in a different way. They always love to show off. Oh, here, I got money. Um, you know, we're not living in Dubai. Dubai, everybody have their own, you know, fancy cars. And um, I had my fancy car in the past, too. I have now an eight-year-old car. But I'm happy. I got what I like. And I have my humble house. And I'm happy with that, too. I have big, fancy homes. And it's a lot of work. In the U.S., you know, we can't afford the, you know, maids to work for us every day. Overseas, you can get a housekeeper. And the people who have money have a housekeeper every day. Here, the majority have like once a week or once every two weeks or don't have it at all. So in the U.S., we get very much burnout. Very easy. Not very much. Very easy. Excuse my, my English. Very, very easy because we 
an overload of things to do. And um, I have help, you know, to help in the fuse task, but not with the household. The household is every couple of weeks, and one day she can't show up because they are already busy as heck. And overseas, even the maid have a maid. It is a totally different story. So sometimes I like to live in those countries, then those countries are in trouble right now because they have too many left wings and, ay, caramba, it is a lot, a lot of going on and politicians and, and they in the lockdown, I feel bad. You know, this basically in South America and those people, I feel so bad for them. The majority, not in a good position. When the government shut down, they only give $60 a month. And the cost of living is higher than here. So we imagine those people, what they can do for $60 a month. I know life in the U.S. is expensive, but not everywhere. And if you think about it, if you got locked down, and the government here only give you $60 to stay home, you can never make it. How are you going to pay your house, your wonderful food, your car, your gasoline with $60 a month? is impossible. And that's the trouble over there. You know, the, there's a couple countries, you know, they're very close to my heart. Um, Brazil is one of them, Argentina is the other one, and they're so sweet people. They're always, you know, helpful, try to help you the best they can. I love them to death, and I actually participated in a movie with Aragon, and we helped make the, this movie for eight years. And uh, Zé Aragon, he was a fantastic person, a fantastic healer. It gives me goosebumps when I talk about him because I have this similar experience. I didn't perform surgeries. I know I learned a lot from a homeopathic doctor when uh, he was alive, and I took classes from him a couple times a week. And... Um, it was kind of bizarre because my mom's, you know, neighbor next door was start feeling sick. And my mom is a nurse and she's a saint too. Always trying to help other people. And so is my dad. I got that had, you know, influence from them. So my mom and I went to see what's going on. And um, so she said, oh, I'm having a little issues here in the heart. Oh, I have a little headache, and I'm like, oh my God, she's having a stroke. Okay, let's get this pill, and I, the pill and the name of the pill, which I never thought possible, I would remember that. Um, and there was this regular, you know, medication, no homeopathic. And my goodness gracious, the name came in, and, um, and I said, do you have that in your house? Because she was prone to do that. And luckily she did. And uh, me and my mom, you know, gave that to her. 
and she was safe. But it, my goodness gracious, and this is not the first time I saved somebody, and my daughter is the same way. Uh, one time I was working late with accounting because I had to do a presentation, a business plan then the following day, and oh my God, my friend called me and I said, well, make sure that, uh, you know, later on you check on me or tomorrow morning uh, to make sure that I was okay. And I'm like, all right, I'll do it. Then it was like 10 minutes to one o'clock in the morning. And I usually perform better in the evening because the children are sleeping and it's quiet, you know, no one around, so I, you know, and nobody calls, so I can concentrate on that. So my friend called, and this person just moved to a new location. I have no idea what this person lived. And said, and start talking and uh, having a stroke at the same time. And, um, and I said, what is your address? And I'm like, call 911. Okay, fine. So I called 911. How I knew the, the person living in Punta Gorda. I had no idea the address or any of that. And um, I asked 911. Here is more or less where this person lived. Is near a hospital. And I said, try to find, you know, the, the street address. So I text, and the person texts me back the name of the street, but with the number, the first 91 operator could not understand the thing. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, and then they said, well, try to get the information call back. I'm like, fine. So I get at least what the corner street were. And luckily, this wonderful 911 operator was able to know where the place was because she lived in the same, you know, condominium complex. So um, I called back and I said, how are you doing? And this person is started mumbling and talking really bad. And I said, hang it in there. So the 911 is coming in. And I stay with the person until 911 got there. And this person was saved, taken to the hospital, and stayed in the hospital for a long time. And um, I work in Fort Myers sometimes, and um, I work in different locations close by there and my eye doctor which is a saver to save my eyes three times because i have eye injury doing wonderful uh, cutting you know uh, pieces of my wonderful birds of the paradise and i have to make a habit so right now i only go there with safety glasses or regular glasses um be, or, or sunglasses because it, it got a little black thing in it. it. Thank goodness it didn't hit the cornea. But yeah, so, you know, my son doesn't like do any of the 
um, backyard work, and I have mangoes, I have beautiful trees. A friend of mine from the Amazon, actually, from Rondonia, she taught me how to do that. And I have nice flowers, and I have nice trees because of her, because she got me hooked. And I love mangoes anyway. I lived in Michigan for over 23 years, and my goodness, there, you cannot have much of anything. It's three months, this is it. Three months of a sun, the rest of the year is cold. Right now, it is May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Anyway, um, and they are 39 degrees, and in Florida, we are hot as heck. No rain. That's the only problem here. The winter time is the dry season. It started from October on. And last year was in October, but it's mostly it's like November um, or December. But it started very dry and it was cold. It was the first cold month we have in a long time, which is unusual. Very unusual. But anyway, so we are in May when uh, up north everybody is, is having the showers and, and they say, oh, April flowers. No, I mean, excuse me, um, April showers being May flowers and it's beginning of May and it's still raining like crazy. We have zero rain. I feel like I live in a desert. You know, the sand, that's all we have. And the fantastic plants survive, but I water some of them every day. Some of them I don't, because they are um, regular desert plants. But anyway, so going back to this entrepreneurship, you know, having your own business and trying to take care of everything, it is not easy. And those of you who own your own business, those of you who are mom and own their own business, we have a lot in our plates. And a lot of times, guys are in the same route. And when they're single parents and when they take care of their mothers, 40% of the population, the guys take care of the mother. So I see on both sides. And so taking care of the mother, working, and a lot of people even quit working, just take care of the mother because they don't have nobody else to take care of it. And if you have to pay, you know, um, a place to stay, of assisted living, it is not cheap, $300 a day. Some Medicare covers, some it's not. So it's very expensive. We have a, a village over here that is, oh my goodness gracious, isn't it $9,000 a month, you know, just for you to retire in style. Basically, no need to cook, to clean, nothing. They have a very good uh, system. However, it's expensive if, if you're... Insurance paying, great, but if not, you cannot do that. So you have to, depends on friends and family in order to survive. So, and on top of it, and you have to 
uh, work, it is not easy. So, and I do it all. You know, I take care of my son, I take care of my daughter, I take care of my house, I do my work, I write, I write the courses, I teach, and I do for the goodness of my heart because I do love, you know, people and I do love to teach. And um, my children are such a blessing to me, just like my parents were a blessing in my life. They were married for 70 years. They were a fantastic couple, a great, beautiful love story. And I tell you, it is um, not an easy job. My mom had six kids. She was a saint herself. But anyway, so going back to my wonderful friend, Arigo, I talked to his son, and he performed 1,200 surgery in his lifetime, and he died young. He, my goodness, he helped thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And um, he was one of the most famous people in Brazil, but he didn't want to fame. He didn't even know how to start. He did not know how to reach out to people. And they say, his wife was saying to him, is God calling? Go do what you need to do. And he found this cross and what he left at his dad's house. And anyway, so he never charged a penny to anybody. And he survived. His wife used to so clothes and taking care of the children while he was seeing thousands of people one day. Um, people with uh, leukemia, cancer, um, leprosy, and everything, heart issue, congressmen that he had tumors, he, he became healed by him. He was one of the greatest healers. I always give me goosebumps, you know. I and I, a lot of times, um, some people said to me, "You have a lot of goodness on you." And like, yeah, I I have goodness because I think like a child, you know. I try to do my best every day, and expecting nothing back. And I also. Um, if you fight or have an argument or something, the next day, you know, yeah, just uh, go on, work it out, you know, no hold, no grudge. Anyway, but you don't forget the people that really hurt you and they want to uh, do it again. That is a different story. Those people you got to stay away from. You really have to be selective. Um, you have good people with good energy in your life. The people who bring you down, no. You have to say no. And that's what I have to say to this particular person that I published this book. I like, I'm sorry, I no longer represent you. I'm not your publisher. And I wrote it down a bunch of things for him and his father and his family. And I like, listen, I did my best for you. I have faith in you. I invested in you a ton of time. But if you want to hang out with the wrong crowd, I can't help you. Anyway, and move on. And um, 
But uh, I have a lot of friends. I mean, lots of friends my whole entire life that I help. And I never expect anything back. You know, some of them help me. You know, some of them win my life for a season and a reason. And you move on. But it was incredible, this man did, José Arigo. And he was in Minas Gerais, Brazil. And then and moved to another city, Congonhas. People tried to bring him down. It tried to really mess up his life. And um, his wife had faith on him. And the church tried to bring him down. And afterwards, they let it go. Even the father that... You know, the priest that actually tried to bring him down, um, asked him to come to see him because he was very ill. And Narigo was able to heal the person. So it is incredible. And something that he couldn't do, like, for example, somebody have a terminal cancer and that is the very end, what can you do? You know, he just tell, I can't save it because the cancer is too advanced. So sometimes he can cure, and he cure a lot of people with no medication. It's something phenomenal. NASA engineers just went down there and studied him, did the whole entire movies, one after another, and this is starting in the 50s and then the 70s, and until he passed away. And um, he knew he had a heart issue, and he asked, you know, God and Dr. Fritz, which was this German doctor who incorporated him. And again, I have goosebumps every time I talk about them, um, because they're such a wonderful people. And um, anyway, the... Regular doctors didn't believe him, sent him over um, to really throw him in jail because he was operating without a license. This was spiritually. In the U.S., you can never do that. And um, However, but if you're healing somebody without surgery, that's a different story. And it is okay. But um, using small things to remove, in the U.S., you can never do that. Um, overseas, you can try. But even though while he was in Brazil, the Brazilian um, medicine board did not want him to perform any of that. But he, he continued doing. He saved a lot of people. And he sacrificed his own life, not spending much time with his kids or his family, his wife. And, and um, he did that only when it was a year before he knew he was going to die. And Dr. Fritz told him, and he said, why don't you cure me? I don't want to let her, you know, my wife or my kids, I want to see them to grow. And he went way too far. He didn't take care. He said he should rest a little. But when it was time to come, he drove away. And his son knew what was going on. His son 
had the good feeling and, and asked his friend, let's follow dad, let's follow dad. And he just drove as fast as he could to follow his dad. And he dad hit a tree, he passed away. His friend did go with him, and, um, but he made sure that only him was able, um, you know, to, not able, he, he died. The friend that was with him, you know, and his son was devastated because he loves his dad. And um, my goodness, his dad helped so many people. And that's the whole thing with the NASA scientists and a lot of filmmakers. And thank goodness for this filmmaker and James Squire who believe on all that and did um, go sick to do this production. And I helped him interpret it. You know, translator, it was an honor to talk to his son and talk to, you know, his family and the whole story. And when you see this story and watch it, it's called A Dangerous Practice. It is beautiful. It's in Portuguese with all the beautiful people there with subtitles. But the story made me cry many times because he is such a good man. When he got thrown in jail, he was healing people in jail. And the judge, the superior judge, um, was asked, you know, like, is the main power of the judicial system, asked the local judge to drop the claim because NASA engineers and doctors from the U.S. and too many people that he healed I mean, thousands and thousands. It was over two million people on the courses and started, you know, healing people. It was a lot. No medication. It was just miracles. And there you have to learn the power of hope. If you see this movie, it doesn't matter which religion you're from. It's just going to move you. Is gonna see that hope, H O P E, we say esperanza, it is there. And many, many, many people got healed. He was a hero. And um, he's still my hero. And I was so blessed to get to know his story, talk to his son and his beautiful family. And you need to watch that. It is fantastic. So just um, Google a dangerous practice. I have the link if you want to send it to me. You can send it to me. You can Google my name, Lourdes Helena Gallagher, or my site, you know, uh, alfinito.agency or lourdeshelenagallagher.com. You can text me and find me. Oh my goodness, um, it was such a blessing in the movie. It is fantastic. It's beautiful. At the very end, I cry so much about the whole story, how he passed away so young. And his wife lived taking care of the kids until she was 97. Beautiful story. I know a lot of the um, wonderful actors. They did a performing 
of their lives. You know, it was fantastic. And many, many, many people. It is something that will move you. It give you hope. And um, because there's a good creator out there. I don't care which religion you you a part of it, or if you don't have no religion. But if you watch this story, you'll be moved because he gave hope and he healed. And he said, I don't hear anybody. Jesus does, or God does. And, and Dr. Fritz, he said the bald man, you know, the German bald doctor, is the one who was helping him perform all the surgery. The German doctor was a surgeon and spiritually incarnated in him and having him doing all the surgery because he didn't have the credentials. He did not have none of the medical school education. And that's one of the doctors very mean. He wants to take him down badly and was actually two doctors, and one of them got sick, and he came to Jose Arigó, we say Zé Arigó, to have him healed, and he was healed. And he started working with um, Arigó, and um, my goodness, it was such a blessing. A lot of people that was against him actually he started working with him because he knew he was a good man and doing a lot of good for a lot of people. So that's a great story. Um, watch it and you feel different. You touch your heart. And we see we are very blessed here. And we have to really take advantage of this great country you live. But at the same time, this could not happen here. Um, I don't think, maybe in the different circumstances. Um, but yeah, back then, the good old days, um, yeah, the NASA and the American doctors praised so much about this man. Anyway, I'm going to leave you with a message of hope. Watch this movie, A Dangerous Practice. Uh, excuse me, A Dangerous Practice. And um, text me if you like. The link is for free. Paramount Movies is fantastic. We did a, a co-production with uh, Jim Guire and made it happen for free. It's a blessing. It is a blessing. Anyway, have a wonderful week. Happy Cinco de Mayo. And now... Talk to you next time. Um, enjoy it. Enjoy life to the fullest. That's one thing my godfather always said to me. Live your day like if it was your last day. And I used to tease him. And then I would not work. I just would, would play. And um, taking care of my plants. And, and go to the beach. Have fun, right? But um, in my life, I know I would never retire because I acquired so much knowledge throughout these years that I'm, I, it is my obligation to share the knowledge. I had a friend of mine 
that said, oh, I don't want to care to be with the masses and um, share the knowledge of the masses. And I'm like, excuse me? And what do you think you learn from? You learn from a teacher in the school. You are where you are, but this is being selfish. When you know so much, you got to share. You got to share with other people. If it is paid or free, it doesn't matter. You got to share. It is a obligation. My dad used to say, people who serve others are the people that you want in your life. You're here to serve. If they're teachers, if they're nurses, if they're doctors, dentists, no matter, or a cook, you know, um, places that you love to eat, doesn't matter. The people who serve other people, they do because they love doing so. And you really got to appreciate these people. We appreciate a lot of the people who are here to serve you. Even your mailman. You know, he does his job. And, you know, it is his job. But uh, anyway, and you don't have to look at it as a job. Do what you love. Do what you love. Because then it doesn't feel like a job. You're not be counting the time and the minutes. So if you can, by all means, do what you love. Follow your dreams and help other people as much as you can. Our community came together. It was beautiful in this country when COVID hit because we really help each other so much. And this is beautiful. It doesn't matter if the government or not came forward. The government did its part compared to other countries. Last year, not so much. It was tough. At the end of the year, it was getting better. But, you know, the factory that I, that I sell the products was closed. The wonderful courts that I work as an interpreter closed. So we had no income. If I did not have a minimum of emergency funds, I could not make it. And thank God I did have a little bit. I got myself in debt, and I'm trying to get myself out of debt right now. It's not easy. You know, sometimes we have great days and great income, and sometimes we have zero. It's just like the, the dry months, no rain, and um the beginning of this year was fantastic until my children got here, then I got sick, and I'm finishing up recuperating. But um, I wish you the best, and always wish the best for other people. Don't wish bad, and don't do bad things to anybody, because you know what happened? Come back to you. Come back to you ten times. So I hope you love the other person. And I just remembered a wonderful movie uh, with Jim Carrey, God Almighty. Yeah, Almighty. Anyway, 
I'm gonna be watering my plants right now before the sun comes down. And again, I wish you the best. Love you guys. And be good to other people. Treat good really well. Okay? Thank you. Love you.